0: Uh, Hi, everybody. I'm Scott Brubaker, Baker, a member of the Council of Elders here. It's good to see you all and good to have you out for a Baptism Sunday. Usually, uh, for the message at Baptism Sundays, we talk about water baptism. You know, what it is, what it isn't, that it's a ceremony Christians do out of obedience to Christ's Great Commission, and, uh, as was mentioned, a public demonstration of someone's faith in Christ. Not as a means of salvation, but as a step of obedience because of salvation. I have, I have to adjust this. i will drive myself crazy. Okay. So, I'm not going to talk just about that today, that's what we usually would say, but hearing Mark's testimony and and Tom's to a certain extent, um, I, I think their stories have given us an opportunity to talk about something else today, something important. By permission, Mark's and to a lesser extent Tom's stories are the basis for this message today. Thinking back to Mark's testimony, question for you. What was missing in Mark's life until recently? Okay, What was Mark, now that you've heard his story, desperately needing to understand through all those decades, literally those decades of doubt, insecurity, and confusion? What did his teachers the now infamous Wolf Brothers, his churches, his friends, what did they not tell Mark that he needed to hear? What is it? Who can tell me? What was Mark missing? Okay. Mark was missing grace. Okay. Did you catch that? Nobody told Mark about God's grace. The grace of God. Mark, as all of us do, needed to hear about the grace of God. So I thought um, I just wanted to talk about God's grace for a few minutes today. Because unfortunately, Mark's story is not unusual. The church, and that is us, is not communicating in word or deed the most distinctive and endearing aspect of biblical Christianity, God's grace to the world. When secular college students were asked what they knew about Jesus, they mostly said he loved his enemies. They remembered his grace. They remembered grace. If you're not a Christian here today, Please listen to God talking to you about himself through his word. Not what other people might be saying to you, let God speak for himself. If you are a Christian, please be convicted of your privilege of passing God's grace on to others. During a British conference on world religion, religious experts were debating what, if anything, is unique to the Christian faith. Is it the incarnation? Is it the resurrection? The debate went on until C.S. Lewis, a famous theologian, walked into the room, heard his colleagues discussing the uniqueness of Christianity, immediately said, that's easy. It's grace. It's grace. After some discussion, they agreed. All other religions... Attempt to offer a way to earn God's approval. Only Christianity dares to make God's love unconditional, free of charge, no strings attached. Grace in Greek, charis, simply means favor or gift. God's undeserved favor extended to people who deserve the opposite, right? We deserve condemnation, but in Jesus, we get God's favor, free of any requirements, payments, or works. It's hard to find examples of grace. If my neighbor washes my car and expects nothing in return, that is grace, the minute he puts conditions or expectations, I'll wash your car if you bring in my mail when I'm away, or I'll wash your car if you promise to not mow your lawn before seven in the morning, once his act requires any work, payment, or promise before or after, His washing the car, his act ceases to be by grace. Grace means that God already loves us. Not because of us, but because of him. There's nothing in us that causes God to extend his favor to us. God loves us not because of who we are, but because of who he is, because it is his nature to love. Back to our testimonies. Wouldn't it have been life-changing for someone to have introduced Mark to the grace of God earlier in his story? He was certainly around the Christian community enough to do that. Grace should be the first thing we as recipients of that grace should talk about. No one should be able to get in and out of our lives without hearing how grace has changed us, how grace has saved us, and how grace has blessed us. We need to be messengers of God's grace. Unfortunately, we have a reputation for being messengers of his condemnation. What if we were to focus on extending his grace to people and leave the judging up to God? The New Testament makes it clear that salvation, our rescue from the penalty for our sins, is never a reward to be earned, but a gift to be received. Not a reward to be earned, but a gift to be received by faith, believing it to be true. Romans 6.3 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We love Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, right? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has prepared in advance For us to do. According to this passage, we are delivered by grace through faith, not by doing good works, but in order to do good works that God has prepared for us. We need, friends, to appreciate God's grace. It is the only thing, the one and only thing, keeping us from hell. Why did God send Jesus to die for our sins? Because he loves us. How did he do it? By grace. Grace, grace is the vehicle or method that God uses to deliver people there, from the punishment for their wrongdoings. Grace is God's answer to our problem. How can a holy God be reconciled to sinful people? By grace alone, through faith alone. The Bible never identifies works as a means of salvation. As our verse just said, salvation is not by works. God, as the giver of grace, does not put any conditions, requirements, or expectations apart from faith to receive his grace. Grace and works are different. The Bible is clear in Romans 11:6 To distinguish between works and grace, it says, If by works, then it is no longer by grace. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. Most people look to themselves, their actions, their merit, their performance for their salvation. The Bible bids us to look to Christ, his action, his merit, his performance for our salvation. 1 Peter 3.18 says, Christ died once, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Salvation is a work of God, not of us. Some Christians believe that to receive grace, we have to, you name it, surrender our lives, turn from sin, promise to do better, give evidence of a changed life, be water baptized, etc., etc. The addition of any of these requirements negates and cancels God's grace. By trying to add anything, other than faith in Jesus for your salvation, you are telling God that you are disappointed with the efficacy of Christ's death. It wasn't enough. I have to add something to it. Two important points uh, as I close. Faith is the means by which we receive grace. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Not some special kind of faith, But faith in the only object worthy of our faith, the death and resurrection of Jesus. At the moment a person believes in Jesus for eternal life, they are credited with the perfect righteousness of Christ. Romans 4. To the man who does not work but trust God, his faith is credited as righteousness. Righteousness is literally placed into account, just like a ledger in an accounting book. Second important point, there's a price to be paid for grace. God has said that the penalty for sin is death, and that will always be true. In this case, grace can be freely extended to us because the price has been paid by another. Amen, church? The price has been paid by another. God the Father sacrificed his son so he could extend grace to us. Grace is free to us, but unimaginably costly to God. Jesus' sacrifice paid for our sin once for all. Hebrews 10.10 We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. If anyone here has never accepted God's grace for salvation by believing that Jesus died for their sins and rose again, we invite you to do that right here and and right now. Simply by believing in him alone for your forgiveness and the start of a forever relationship with God. For Christians, how is your joy, your thankfulness, your gratitude to God for the gift of his grace in Jesus? Bible says we are to see that no one misses the grace of God. To our believers out there, who are the Mark Liberis in your life that need to understand God's grace, need to hear that they will never be good enough to get baptized, never be good enough to get to heaven? But that's the point of grace. We can't, but we don't have to because Jesus did it for us. Let's be messengers of God's grace to a needy world today. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your, um, your love for us and your grace extended to us freely in Christ. Free to us because, Father, you paid the cost. Thank you for that. Thank you for loving us that much, that way, and that well, and meeting our deepest need for a relationship with you. And I pray that anyone who hasn't believed in Jesus as Savior would consider accepting God's grace in their lives today. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.